Same 2020. This is Alice. And this is Nicolette. Um, we are so excited to be here for another episode. And the focus of this one is going to be failure and fronting. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> we came up with this one just today as well. And it is just us two for this episode. Back to mm, basics. Yeah. Um, I did just chuck up a peace sign. That's she fine. Did. I wish you guys could see it. <laughs> Let's not do it again. Um, no, I'm really excited for this one. Mm. Okay. So obviously we're both law students. And I think that that comes with a lot of high expectations. Mm. Um, probably mostly from ourselves. But also from people around us and I think a pretty inevitable part of being in your early 20s is failing at something at some point and then being surrounded by a lot of high achievers and also like I think probably in high school we were both quite high achievers Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah. that I think there's a real culture of fronting in that I do too I think that Regardless, look, honestly, regardless of the, the degree that you yeah. do, you may find yourself at some point in some sort of high pressure, mm-hmm. high expectation environment or situation. Obviously, yeah, that's true. Sorry, I shouldn't no, no, say no. that up as like law students. No, but obviously um, that's our experience that we're speaking yeah. from. And it's a totally valid one because it is a very high pressure environment. Yeah. And there is a massive degree of fronting mm-hmm. involved in all of that because when you come into law school or a really prestigious university or Mm. a really um, high-flying job, regardless of whatever field it's in, Mm. you're surrounded by people who expect the best from you and who are expecting the best from everybody else and everybody's kind of in this culture of unhealthy competition because there's such a massive expectation. Yeah, and I think we've talked in previous episodes about how often you look around and it just looks like everybody else has it completely together. But fun fact, they probably don't. Mm. Yeah, this is a good um, branch off of the last episode that we yeah. did in that respect. Mm. A lot of you kind of messaged in and were like, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I vibe with that a lot, that people seem to have it together and I don't. I always yeah. question why. Yeah. But it's not the case, I would argue. So, okay, I recently wrote an article about failure. Yeah. And the reason I did it was because... I think having done this podcast now, we're on episode eight, so it's almost been two months, Mm. which is crazy. Um, But I wanted to do it because having opened these little dialogues with everybody and having, you know, had my friends give me this feedback and even people that I've I've grown distant from, I've had people um, that I went to high school with that have messaged out of the blue being like, hey, listen to your podcast, loved X, Y, and Z, and it's really great that you're doing this. Mm. And I think that having got comfortable with that honesty mm. and and being really raw and vulnerable about a lot of things obviously not sharing everything there's a point of oversharing we're not going to hit but i think sharing the amount of experiences that we have kind of led me to this point of you know what i might as well talk about this experience um with failure because it's something that we don't talk about. We actually, it's yeah. it's one of those taboos that we're like, oh, I can't be seen failing because it will, I'm going to look bad. Yeah. And there's a lot of ego and pride involved. And I kind of wanted to be like, oh, stuff that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I here's a screw up. <laughs> yeah. Right there in the open. What are you going to do about it? Because then, and I think the reason I wanted to do it was because then it strips away the power of the failure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what happens when you talk about it. And I think that's why I love these conversations. Yeah. That's so true. I think also... When you think about the most interesting people you know, interesting people and, like, geniuses and, like, you know, all of those things don't come from 
never failing Mm -hmm. and like living a very kind of straight and narrow life like it's not when you think about the people that you respect the most in the world or that you find the most fascinating they've probably been knocked down quite a few times and Mm. they've probably screwed up quite a few times it's actually the resilience and and that idea of them pursuing things Mm. regardless of how many times they're knocked down that makes them so interesting and so respected yeah like gonna chuck some names out there oprah jk rowling yeah um like literally people that you think of and know Mm -hmm. it's actually the challenges that make humans interesting yeah yeah um, there's actually a song. We're, we've got a lot to talk about. I have all these ideas that I wrote down. But there's a song that I've been listening to recently. I actually have no idea how I found it. Mm. Um, but it's called A Hundred Bad Days. And the bridge or the chorus uh, lyric is A hundred bad days made a hundred good stories. A mm. hundred good stories made me interesting at parties. And yeah. it speaks to... It's funny, but it speaks to the idea that like the only way you're really going to be not interesting, but full of experience and conversation and, and you know having all these life things that you've done is by screwing up a couple times and having a good few stories to tell yeah you know okay so i distinctly remember at your 21st your mum giving a speech and making a comment which really like just made me kind of like stop and like think um but she said she said something like nicolette has never made a mistake and like don't get me wrong as flawless as you are (laughs) no nicolette's made mistakes because we all have yes and i remember fine like that really struck me I was it like, struck me too of, yeah of all of the 21st speeches i've heard i was like oh that's a that's a big call mm-hmm. like um i thought i thought the same thing in the moment i was like whoa okay mm-hmm. that's like it was it was lovely to hear that she thought that but i think i mean apart from the basic undeniable fact that as a human being you are going to make mistakes Mm. Um, and so it's just simply not true I was struck by it because I thought huh maybe I haven't really been making enough mistakes or big enough ones to be notable Um, and I don't go out of my way obviously to fail things or to to make mistakes that are really big and Mm. you know um, untake backable (laughs) I can't think of the right word right now but it was just this moment of reflection on maybe i haven't done enough not with life Mm. but just generally to experience a lot of things i think that's really really interesting i one of my um goals that i set for myself this year um was just to take more risks which was not i mean it it was kind of a nice goal because it wasn't be better at this or do more good things it was just take more risks and that means that i i've fallen down a few more times and also some really great things have happened. So yeah. yeah. No, I have the same thing. Going back to I think episode was it episode one? It was wow. Episode one, yeah. The mantras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um my mantra or like one of them, the one I have right now anyway, um, involves seizing opportunities, which is the same yeah. thing I think as taking risks, just worded differently. Mm-hmm. And in the past like couple months, I've seized a lot of opportunities that in the past, you know, what are we, three years of being in my twenties, I have not. Yeah. Um and I think part of that is because of things like the 21st speech and just getting a bit older and being like, you know what, I can do more and I, I can take that, not risk, but can take that leap of faith and know I can bounce back from it no matter what yes, happens. Yes, and not being so scared of failing because knowing, hey, if this fails, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, 
I only heard about this yesterday from Erin, one of our guests, uh, our first one. She she told me that Google, like the company, has an entire office dedicated to ideas that will basically fail, like they're guaranteed to. Mm. And they just have the employees think of all these ideas that are probably going to fail, and then they actually take those ideas and rework them into ideas that can work. So like 1% of those failing ideas are going to probably make it into the market at some point. Yeah. Which is crazy because it, like the one of the biggest technology companies in the world yeah. is actually looking at failure as a way of getting to success. And we're so focused on getting to success in a straight line and just avoiding failure at all costs. We're very focused on not failing because we think it's bad for us when in fact it's probably like I'd, I'd advocate it not not seeking it out but I'd advocate embracing it when it happens mm. there's also I, I honestly wish I remembered more from first year psychology but when we were doing like developmental psychology and like parenting and stuff um, there was some really interesting stuff about like the way that you praise your kids mm. really impacting their kind of work ethic or their approach to things and um that it was something like if you praise if you praise your kids by saying like oh you worked really hard on that i'm really proud of you like um that that's like really positive um but if you take the approach more of being like oh you're really smart that will sometimes stop them wanting to try because they're so scared that if they then try and they don't do well it will mean that they're not smart because that's what you've been telling them that they're only doing well because they're smart i i'm so sorry for my scientific dodginess with that but um it was something along those lines and i thought that was really interesting because um i think that probably what both of us are learning at the moment and it's definitely a work in progress but it's if something goes wrong putting a full stop at the end of that sentence and not carrying it on to therefore i'm a failure because mm. this failed and just being like oh that failed all right what's another next avenue? thing yeah like mm-hmm. so yeah like not not making it about your self-worth yeah mm-hmm. i think as well going back to like expectations mm-hmm. and pressure from either family or friends or the environment you're in it was the end of year 11 and i remember i hadn't done as well in English as I thought I would. Oh no, life was over (laughs) for year 11, you know that. No, but I remember my my teacher, who is now one of my very, very good friends, saying to me at the time, she doesn't even remember saying this, which is so ironic because it's one of the grandest phrases that I've carried in my life. And I always love those moments of like, hey, remember when you said this? And they don't even remember how, like, people don't even remember saying it and it impacted you so much. They're really interesting moments to me, but basically she said um it doesn't have to stay that way Mm. and it was just about like you know not letting that mark determine what I was going to get in the HSC or or, and that idea of it doesn't have to stay that way it just kind of was a beautiful reminder of the fact that you have a lot of power to to change whatever it is you want to change in your life Mm. um and then one of my other teachers Jono Johnston yes for all my ancient history people listening there's probably like three of you um (laughs) (laughs) but he would say don't settle for mediocrity Mm. and i love that too because it's not saying you're really smart it's just like a very blanket statement that you can take however you like i guess and you have to Mm. determine what mediocrity is to you yeah and what failing is to you amy young we've also referenced before amy young coaching Mm -hmm. on instagram or amy young co or something um 
check her out she's just so good guys she'll change your life but um she has something that she says about like if you're in a place of uncertainty it's only so that you can then move to a place of certainty and if you're in like a place of dissatisfaction or whatever failure whatever it is it's only so that you can move out of that and move somewhere else and you can only get there from where you are now yeah so I, and I just I just love that she's great I love it <laughs> but that's so true because when you feel like you are failing or feel like you're insecure or disappointed that's your body or your mind's way of telling you I'm not happy now I need to change things yeah. and that's the only way you're going to get to the opposite of that which is being appointed <laughs> not disappointed <laughs> satisfied and, and, and fulfilled <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say so there's this Robert Frost poem that I really really love called On a Tree Fallen Across the Road mm-hmm. and it relates really well to the whole failure thing but um, I'll just read the first stanza and then you guys can go look it up because I don't want to bore you it's a good one um, but the first stanza is the tree the tempest with a crash of wood throws down in front of us is not to bar our passage to our journey's end for good but just to ask us who we think we are <sighs> love me some frost so good um but yeah i really love that like an obstacle if it's like external or if it's like a personal failure whatever it is like it's not it's not putting an end to your journey it's just like making you stop and have a think Mm. i really like that i do too and i think the other robert frost poem i love is is the road less traveled Mm. um is that what it's called yeah yeah um I i really love that one because it kind of advocates it's not saying that you have to make your own unique road just the one less traveled by yeah the one that the braver people take which is their own roadmap like you i think the thing is and i've had this quite recently where i've had people give me advice about certain things and i've had to kind of take it with a grain of salt and take Mm. a step back and go they are speaking from their context and their perspective and their experience of life Um, And sometimes these people are older than me and and do have more experience and that's Mm. fine. But I think the thing we need to ask ourselves in our 20s, and of course we're all still working it out. So this is not me advertising or advising that everybody does this. Mm. This is just what I've been thinking about, obviously. These are all thoughts and opinions, um, not fact. But the thing that I've found that I have to say a lot of the time is, is that person where I want to be in 20, 30, 40 years? Mm. Do they have the career that I want? Do they have the life that I want, the family, the Mm. house, whatever? Does their life, as it stands now, look like what I want mine to look like? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then you shouldn't always take that person's advice. Yeah. Because that roadmap that they're giving you, it's It's to a different place. It's to a different place than what you want to end up. It's like if the passenger... If you're driving and someone was in the passenger seat, it would be like saying, oh, you know what, we're going to go to Sydney and you're trying to get to the airport to get to New York. You know? Like, (laughs) no, you're not going to get to the place you want to go if you're Mm. listening to what other people are telling you. And you know what I really like about that as well is their roadmap is not less valuable. No. Their roadmap is very, very valuable to somebody that wants to get Mm -hmm. to where they're going or where they've got to. Like, So I really like that because it's like, it's not undermining that advice. It's just saying it's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, like, um, I, I reference these people all the time, but Tom Bilyeu and Gary Vee, and they always say, um, look at the person who has the career that you want mm-hmm. and then copy what they did mm. to the extent, obviously, that, you know, serves you. Because that's, like, 
the closest roadmap you're going to get to what you want to do. If you want to do something in your life that no one's ever done, you got to forge that shit on your own. Mm. Yeah. And that probably means trial and error, and that probably means failing a few times. And honestly, you should love that. Like, blaze the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. Mm. How good does that sound when you word it like that? Yeah. How good does failure sound when you say that you're going to blaze a trail? Like, oh my God, you're great. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, blaze a trail. (laughs) I think the other thing, though, about failure is that it humbles you. Mm, That's true. It's really true. It humbles you. Not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to like what you have to say. Not everyone's going to like where you end up or mm. whatever it is. Not everyone's going to agree with and your decisions. And you're not always going to get it right. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I think that it's a really good learning curve. Mm. And I think that's, um, just going back to our degree, mm-hmm. which is a highly competitive degree, and I think a lot of people coming out of high school were like very much the high achievers of their school yep. or the kind of standout students or whatever. And then you get to university and suddenly wow, everyone is just as smart, if not smarter than me. You know what it is? It's it's that Incredibles quote of sin, that Syndrome says in the first Incredibles, he goes, if everyone's super, then no one is. Yes, yeah. And then, yeah, and then you just realise, oh, I thought I had all these superpowers, and I do not. Yeah, it's like going to superhero school and realising everybody has the same powers as you. Damn it. <laughs> but I think that's a really... Like, for me, anyway, it was a good thing because I was like, well, what do I have that actually differentiates Absolutely. me? Absolutely. And yeah. then what actually do I want to define me? Yes. Yeah. And we don't really get to ask those questions in mm. high school as much because it's just all laid out for you. Yeah. Because don't get me wrong, being smart is great. It's not a personality trait. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it's all the things that you know that make that give you personality not being smart in and of itself that's very true actually you know being a law student is not mm. a personality trait oh no i really <laughs> that's really what not. i mean yeah you know? i really hope it's not <laughs> sorry guys had to say it <laughs> so shifting gears to fronting mm-hmm. uh it's a no from me <laughs> <laughs> It's, I don't know, it's just another, I was actually talking to a friend uh, a couple days ago and she was saying that she has this friend who kind of has these microaggressions where she's like, oh, I got into, you know, this degree, but I didn't take it on and I, um, I've I've known people that have done this too, where they're like, oh, I, you know, have done X, Y, Z and oh, I met this person and it's these little flexes. Well, I could have done that, but... (gasps) Like, <laughs> don't tell me what you could have done. I wish I could. I wish that I, the listeners could see your face right now. Yeah, no, no, no. you heard me. You heard me, girl. It's fine. But like those little things of almost making, I don't know. Like they make the other person feel insecure mm. because it's like I could have done X, Y, Z. I have all this potential. Or oh, I got into this, but then I rejected it. What? What do yeah. you like? You're like, why are you showing that off? Yeah, it's yeah. and it's and also the whole fronting of oh I'm going fine right the I'm fine yeah. fi- oh because mm. sometimes you're not fine often often you're not fine which is fine and you can talk to whoever you want to about that stuff but like yeah. have someone to talk to about because in all honesty like I cry on my own time and only really this past week and I've known you guys for four years yeah. only this past week have you guys seen me cry yeah <laughs> and yeah. like that's crazy to me yeah yeah, but I mean, also a huge, I mean, like how silly to say this, but like, you know, when a friend cries in front of you for the first time and you're like, 
kind of feel warm and fuzzy oh, and yeah. like a whole, like as well as wanting to cry with them and feeling really mm-hmm. upset you kind of just like you're like oh we're at that level like yay no i know because i've yeah. had that with like a lot of you guys and then all of a sudden the tables flipped i'm like i don't want to be the crying one no. I know, like, oh my god time. <laughs> everyone is laughing now they're like oh you were the one who was confiding us and now the tables have turned you have to take it yeah yeah man but it was, it's good it's nice to have that um to have that vulnerability mm. because i think and i said this in actually the article that i wrote opening up and starting that dialogue gives people a space to do that themselves. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's cool. Definitely. Which I hope this podcast does for people too. Yeah. <laughs> so takeaway is... Takeaway is... We love failure. Yeah. We love it. We're all about it. Yeah. And we're not big fans of fronting. No. Yeah. Just be honest. Be upfront. Not with everybody, obviously. You don't have to be. You have, yeah, there's you have your tribe. Yeah, there's a self-protection that you're definitely allowed. Yeah. That might involve. And you have, you have a bit of fronting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Seeing 2020. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at seeing underscore 2020. And don't forget to follow this podcast on Spotify. If you have a friend or 20 you think would love to join our conversation, please share this podcast with them. In the meantime, we hope you have a beautiful day and we'll talk soon.